Hi everybody and welcome to this, the ARC360 webinar audio cast recorded on the 11th of November. First and foremost, a huge thank you to our corporate partners BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Park Specialists, Indasa, our new partners Prasco and the Innovation Group. So today's session entitled Q4, where are we now? Obviously takes place a few days after the nation went into lockdown 2.0. So obviously the discussions are very much centered around there. And joining us today is Michael Golding, Network Manager of LV, Joe March, Head of Commercial and Network Management, Hill Salvage and Recycling Limited, and Mark Holding, Managing Director of the Bella Group. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the interesting discussions to follow. Huge thank you to our corporate partners and our partners, as per usual, corporate partners being BASF, BMS, CAPS, Cobart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners, Aztec, the Green Park Specialists, Indasa, New Kids on the Block, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. So, little disclaimer, as we do each webinar, Again, hopefully just puts these guys in a bit uh, more of a comfortable place. So the views and opinions expressed during the following webinar are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the contributors employer, organisation committee or other group or individual. Please respect any all contributions and we encourage you to join the conversation via the interactive functions available. And here's our fine lineup. So Q4, where are we now? And again, we're all in probably very different places, but uh, we're certainly faced with similar challenges. So we've got ourselves, Michael Golding, Network Manager at LV. We've got Joe March, Head of Commercial and Network Management, Hill Salvage and Recycling and the Green Part Specialists. And we've got Mark Holding, Managing Director of the Vela Group. So welcome, welcome everybody. And uh, We'll let you uh, introduce yourselves. Um, some of the some of the faces familiar. Mark making his third appearance, I think. So uh, he's trying to catch up with Chris Weeks. I know that he's got a competitive edge about him. So uh, I'll come to you first, if I may, Michael. So uh, just uh, for those who might not be uh, familiar with yourself, if you can just give, provide a brief introduction. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm uh, Michael Golding. I'm the LV Network Manager. Uh, I see our uh, network repairers, including our uh, number of our soul sites. Um, just briefly from me, um, obviously, I think this is my second time actually on, um, and um, good, good to be back. Um, I, th I think from last time, it's uh, for me. Uh, obviously, a lot has changed, um, but uh, it'll be good to get the view of uh, from Joe and uh, and Mark as well, just to see what those. Uh, months changes uh, look like for them as well. So um, it's been interesting time to say the least. Great stuff, thanks Michael. And we will delve further into the details very shortly. Uh, Joe, I'll come across to you if I may. So just a brief introduction from yourself. Good afternoon everyone. I'm Joe March from Hills Salvage and Recycling, Head of uh, Commercial Management here. I haven't joined some eight months ago. Uh, my, my primary role is uh, managing our key Key contracts with insurers for salvage and total loss disposal and the introduction introduction sorry of our green parts um, tool and platform into uh, repairs repair networks 
great stuff, Joe. And I know it's been a, a busy time for you. So uh, we'll find out all the details very shortly from yourself. And uh, Mark, if I can come across to you, uh, just again, brief insight into, uh, well, what's been happening with you in the last uh, few months, I suppose. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm Mark Holden, Managing Director of the Vela Group. We have uh, currently eight, soon to be nine sites, um, mainly across the northwest, but we have one down in Herefordshire as well. Uh, back for the third time, so obviously after the hat and the T-shirt that comes with it, I think you promised, Mark. So uh, I thought I'd been killed off at the end of season one, but I've made it into the sequel, Lockdown 2. Uh, so, uh, yeah, interesting time. So uh, interested to see what comes up today. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Mark. And clear evidence that you're in need of a pen, actually, as we uh, just discussed earlier. So you never know, that could be the next uh, the next gift coming your way. So let's just have a little uh, gauge across the industry, a little bit of sentiment. So as we do with each webinar now, we tend to open up with a poll. So again, relating to volumes, and we'll come on to the data in a second. Um, but uh, all anonymous voting, by the way. Have you experienced a change in claims volumes over the past few weeks? Significant increase, slight increase, remain static, slight decrease or significant decrease. Cast your votes now. <clears throat> okay, so we will just give people a little bit of time for those votes to come in. Again, always just interesting. Each couple of weeks seems to be a very different response. Uh, cast our minds back two weeks and I think I think everyone kind of voted either remain static or below so be interesting to see what materializes now um, and again we are seeing very much a kind of geographical split no definitive split but uh, it does seem to be changes geographically across the industry so in polling let's share the results there so 40% slight decrease, 32 remain static, significant 14. So, and again, 14% still seeing increases in volume. So that's a, a really good sign. Great stuff there. Now we're gonna just jump across again in terms of some data uh, hot off the press. So we've got the CATS data, which arrived uh, a couple of minutes before we've gone live. So I hopefully I think I've, uh, we've pulled across the right information here. And I'm sure uh, Kev Thompson will be on hand if anyone needs any further explanation or wants to receive these this weekly information now. So uh, it's now carried across from week ending measurements against week ending 0310. So uh, 3rd of October is set at the 100% and the gauge is purely off there. So as you can see, it's fluctuated all the way. And then week ending tail end of last week um, has uh, risen up to 106%. Now there are reasons for that. And again, uh, we're gonna discuss those and uh, the data to follow is likely to back that up. So it, uh, it's basing it basically off that week ending the 3rd of October. If we come across to the Apple Mobility Trends Report, and again, all of these links can be found in the ARC360 LinkedIn group. Uh, you can see there United Kingdom, so driving in the red, walking in the orange and purple in the public transport. This is requests or change in routing requests. You can see obviously tail end of last week, uh, a significant drop off there as uh, England went into lockdown 2.0. 
Google COVID community report. Again, just a sort of, uh, this is from the tail end of last week. So this is Friday last week, it goes up to. Uh, the latest one should be out uh, very shortly. So a 50%, 55% reduction in retail and recreation visits and workplaces, a 38% reduction. Again, all of the information, more detail will be available on Google. So just take this as a very quick snapshot and not the full breadth and depth of the information. And this is the TomTom Tom traffic index. This is purely for London traffic. But here you can see this is the live congestion. And again, the dates are here. The blue dotted line is the average congestion in 2019. And the red or orange dotted line is the previous week so you can see here that uh, last week was obviously significantly more congestion than has been this week Whew. so there we have it a barrage of information um, i'm going to come to you first if i may michael so if you can give us a little bit of an update in terms of what you're seeing from a from an lv perspective um well, obviously, since last time, um, the volume started gradually on a week basis. So, um, you know, at the height, we were a good part of 83% down in, in the very height of it, where it felt like, you know, a lot of sites had to close. And it's probably fair to say it felt like the lights were switched off. Um, and then through that sort of May, June, July and the, the summer months, um, everything was working towards what we thought was going to be September, um, probably 20% down. And I think we were all, all, all prepared. I think that was a general industry uh, feeling as well. And uh, there was at one stage we were, I think we got to about 18% down. And we, we strongly believed that uh, the time we got to October, um, we saw that seasonal trend where the clocks go back and the dark nights, and that always tends to to add an increase, sometimes up to six to eight percent. Um, and we thought, well, we we should be there or thereabouts. And um, because of several changes within the network, we were able to um, get pairs basically back to pre-COVID uh, for a period of time, which uh, was looking really promising. So. I think we were sort of all ready to sort of go. And then obviously um, this lockdown 2.0 has uh, came along, um, which uh, I guess really in hindsight was a massive surprise, but um, it came along and it, it's, it felt as if it stalled uh, uh, and we've gone back. It's not obviously gone back to the level. Um, it's funny how you sort of showed the data from CAPS because we, we saw that, we, we especially the last two or three weeks, we started seeing some increase, even though we knew the lockdown was coming. Um, but it's probably fair to say um, this week we're beginning to see that slump again. It's, it's gone down. Um, and again, we're sort of looking at we're sort of looking at the numbers. We're speaking to a lot of our repairers, trying to understand, you know, how they're sort of set for, for the next what three weeks, I guess. Um, obviously, some of them have been able to build up some good booking lead time. So getting customers ready and prepared. And they're carrying on as pretty much as normal. I mean, it's uh, been testament, I think, to not just our own network, but the industry. A lot of people have just, you know, carried on. They've been more prepared for this time. So I think that's good in that regards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a great insight there, Michael. And, um, you know, again, I think it's something that Mark touched upon um, before we went on air, that it almost kind of, you know, the few days before um, lockdown 2.0, seemed like a bit of a kind of you know a christmas rush period if you like um 
before before it um, before it did tail off. And again, the numbers there probably do indicate that. So, so Mark, I'll come across to you if I may, um, just to kind of expand on that. Now, you've obviously been in kind of you know a an interesting position because uh, the sort of three tier system you were implicated in that. Um, as you said, you've also got sites in uh, different parts of of the country as well. So. Um, yeah, you, you've kind of seen it from every angle, if you like. So tell yeah. us a bit more about your experiences. Uh, by implicated, uh, obviously it wasn't me that spread it across. No, no. Um, despite any rumours. So uh, no, it definitely wasn't me. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the majority of our sites um, sit in Liverpool, Lancashire, uh, kind of Manchester footprint. So um, we feel like we've never really been out of lockdown. Um, the The... Our trend on claims has been very similar to the the graph you put up, um, especially the Apple uh, kind of data. Really, we you know um, we we had the dip. You know, we kind of got back up, and, uh, and I think we were talking and saying, you know, kids go back, clocks go back. That will be the the the, the start of the upward gradient. Um, September was good for us. Volumes did go up and, and we started getting quite excited. We got up to 75, 80%. And then in October, I think as the restrictions started to kick in, once we moved up to tier three, um, we have two sites in Wales as well. We, we, we started to see a deterioration in volumes and probably pre-lockdown, uh, I reckon we were probably heading down to about 70%. Um, then last week was a really strange week. It, it started off, as we said, the... the the pre-Christmas rush, you know, shops were open late. Uh, you know, there were queues outside Primark as everyone was trying to get the last uh, six-pound T-shirts and stuff. So we we had that element. And then um, Thursday, Friday, it's fallen off. Uh, and I reckon we're probably norming out at about 50%, 60%, um, probably close to 60 at the moment. Um, it's hard to tell how much lag there might be on, on some claims coming through. So uh, kind of watch this space. So... Um, yeah, we, we, we've, because we've not been out of it, uh, and obviously the key thing was the change from the, uh, with the job retention scheme being extended, obviously getting plenty of notice on that was was really helpful. Uh, so obviously we'd ended furlough for the last couple of staff we had uh, that came back Monday, and then um, especially those that were clinically extremely vulnerable had to get furloughed again. So they kind of were back in one day, off again Thursday. So um uh, I think from a planning point of view, that job retention scheme probably helped quite a bit from from a confidence element, really. And obviously, uh, uh, like everyone, we, we've got a bit of a, a been there, done that sort of um, feel to it. So, uh, yeah, definitely the same on the on the claims. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Mark, indeed. And uh, Joe, I'll skip across to you. Um, you know, I suppose a, a slightly different uh, take on the world, if you like, but um you were, you were sort of saying that your volumes, you know, reflect everything that we probably already touched upon. Um, but just give us some more detail about what you're seeing. Yes, similar to Mark and uh, Michael, uh, our volumes over the course of the last couple of months have been down 30%. But last week was, was our busiest week since, since lockdown. Uh, but we're seeing it day by day. The, the volumes are beginning to tail off. Aside from the total loss volume, our our GPS orders, our green parts orders, have gone up 35% last week. So it probably coincides with the fact that uh, there's been a mad rush of repairs, perhaps, uh, within the repairer repair networks, and we're, we're seeing a vast increase in the number of uh, requests for, for green parts. So for, from our perspective, it's business as usual. Where, we, where we're losing one area, we seem to be gaining in another, but... Uh, 
nationally it makes it quite difficult to understand where where you need to put your resource because obviously we're from Scalesdale, we've been in tier three for quite some time and uh and although we've seen a decrease in total loss volume in, in the northwest and perhaps some of our uh, requests for repairs other parts of the country we've seen quite quite an increase so it's just it's just monitoring it day by day so you can plan where you put your resource in the country and and understand operationally where you need to be to make it uh, work the best for the business great stuff and good, good news in terms of the uh, the green parts and uh, oh, definitely I'd- what I didn't know when I arranged this was obviously you, uh, Mark, and yourself are pretty much next door neighbours up there in Skelton. Indeed, we are. Um, so that's a good thing. There you go, um, Michael. Um, let's just talk a little bit about the kind of the regional piece, if you like, because it does seem to be huge variability between those who are kind of reporting. You know, it's it really is business as usual, if not you know, a slight increase potentially for some um, and, and others, you know, again, Mark's already sort of referred to it that, um, you know, where, where volumes are, are down. So do you have a sort of picture of that from an LV perspective? Yeah, it, um, it's very volatile, um, I would say. Uh, um, in a couple of areas that have been okay, um, London um, is sort of considered it often looks as if um, days, it's down in volume, but less than other areas. Areas like Leicester, although despite their uh, lockdown, um, probably fair to say that uh, it, it felt that, um, people just carried on as usual uh, and, and, and the freedom fees uh, stayed. Some areas uh, we're beginning to see in the northwest, um, in and around Leeds as well, that, that dropped. So it tends to follow um the the sort of if you like the news of what you were hearing within uh, certain areas whether it was going into lockdown two or three so but it, it was changing time uh, and it's, it's from our from our point of view where we look to really closely monitor repair of volumes to make sure that you know we can control that whether it's you know too much or not enough um it's been very difficult because we we, we continue to run all the reports uh, and monitor and we still um engage with all our sites on a regular basis so trying to do any prediction on volumes has been very very difficult but i think from a regional um apart from a few isolated areas where you see that consistency the rest has been very very volatile Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've certainly, as I say, we've seen that reflected in terms of some of the voting, you know, that we've seen um, over, over the past few weeks in terms of people's volumes and, and where they are with business at the moment. So we've spoken about the kind of, you know, we, we talked weeks ago during during lockdown 1.0, if you like, and we were kind of all had our sights set on Q4 and we were saying if it returns to 80 percent volume, we'll be on the money. We'd all be kind of happy with that. Um Clearly, we're not we're not kind of there at the moment um, for various reasons. It's been it's been up and down. But um, how are we sort of you know managing navigating our way through that? And Mark, I'll come to you first. You know, the the extension of the furlough scheme has been somewhat of a, a godsend for for repairers for all businesses the, the, the land through really. So just talk us through how on a sort of you know day to day basis, if you like, you, you're managing your way around the business. I think that's the key uh, terminology, Mark, you know, day-to-day, really, um, uh, because it has been so volatile. Um, the, the, the change to furlough, to bring in flexi-furlough rather than the solid three weeks has been a, 
uh, a real blessing for for us really you know um one of our biggest costs is obviously staffing um and we can't do much about overhead and, and everything else is variable dependent on the number of repairs really so being able to um almost turn your staff costs into a variable cost based on on the volumes has been a has allowed us to to turn it up and turn it down as and when by site um obviously being a, a regional group that allows us uh, a bit more flexibility as well in in terms of either moving staff or moving work around uh, dependent on peaks and troughs uh, so you know that that's been a, a big help to us but uh, predominantly it has been almost um daily half daily just checking on how things are doing you know have we gone busy or quiet in a particular area do we need to furlough someone bring someone back um but it's it's nowhere near the levels um we were obviously running uh, running reasonably when i say busy uh, i think everyone's uh, definition of busy has changed quite a lot um but you know running re- reasonably steady for a while we, we had a decent diary of work so we've not had to do anything drastic and uh, i think the main bit is is looking at the deadline of the of the 2nd of December, obviously um, looking at how much political capital Boris has used up, you can't see him uh, extending it, but he also promised a good trade deal and no national lockdown. So a massive pinch of salt being taken with um, you know those elements really. So um, I think that's the main bit. If it ends up being just three weeks, I, I think it's just a case of um, you know, being sensible with the use of furlough, but nothing like it was last time when, you know, I'd never even heard of furlough when I first put it in place. You know, I was was on this call and on we were just discussing it because we'd just gone into lockdown and we we kind of didn't know how long it was going to last or what it was or if any of us were going to be here, you know, to to do it because you know were people going to be driving and stuff. So uh, I think if it's if it's three weeks, then you know we're already a good chunk of the way through it. You know, uh, I think most people have got a decent bank of work and. Um, it'll be all eyes to 2021. I think for most of us with, with Christmas being a bit of a strange period as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've certainly got a few, um, a few things, um, challenges potentially to come between, uh, between then and now 2021, which we will touch upon, hopefully if we get to that point. Now, Joe, you've, you've kind of alluded to the fact that, um, you know, I suppose a slightly different approach, but something we've touched on in in previous webinars is kind of this, you know, multi-skilling or the importance of multi-skilling uh, people within in-house, within mm-hmm. a business. And you suggested that, you know, you've kind of, you know, moved some of your workforce across to uh, sort of future developments that you've got underway at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's many different facets to what we do here, Mark. And what we realised as we came towards the end of the last lockdown period was the, the, the eagerness of the number of staff who wanted to come back into work, but weren't necessarily in a position to give them work to do because it simply wasn't there. Or they weren't, they weren't trained to carry that kind of work out that was available. So we've, we've gone through a period with the staff where we're giving them dual roles. So we're one area of the business tends to quieten down. We can move them to another area of the business where they can continue working. Because so we, we've got to think about the staff and them going home and being away from the workplace. They, they don't want to be at home anymore. I think the, uh, the honeymoon period of being at home on furlough is long, long gone for most uh, most people. And we've certainly seen that with the staff. And yeah, we're, we're literally going through quite some huge redevelopments here and we'll be a 26-acre site by, by this operational site that is by the end of the year. So we're, we're doing quite a lot of work on our new warehousing infrastructure 
in order to uh, facilitate the uh, removal of more parts and put them on the shelf, same day dispatch. So say so we're taking members of staff who would have otherwise been relatively quiet, move them into other areas of the business where they can uh, provide benefit, feel valued. Great way to manage it. Great way to manage your way around things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's great because obviously it's catering for that, that uplifting demand. So that's a, you know, a perfect sort of recipe that you've got there. Now, Michael, I just want to come across to you just quickly. This, this kind of, you know, this 80% Q4 thing that we kind of had, everyone had on their radar. Is that still, you know, the target, if you like, um, f- from your side of the world? Is it still a, you know, a realistic or are we all sort of need to realign the goalposts slightly and, and start talking different figures? I honestly believe that um, we're probably going to sort of flatten out um, to where we are, um, depending on what Dece- uh, the 2nd of December looks like. To be honest, what we are looking at is more, you know, 2021 really um what that's going to actually i won't say we've written the year off but i think um it's almost um sort of making sure that we're putting a lot of our efforts now into what the what next year is going to look, look like um it it's as i say it's, it's so hard we we look at these we, um the figures every day and then we do a lot of uh, work with all the sites on a on a weekly and monthly basis, and it's it's so difficult to to predict. So, I think for us, all our efforts are are, are going into the longer term planning uh, around what that network looks like. Um, and I think Mark uh, was spot on there. We're saying trying to understand what those sort of what that normal volume is going to look like going forward. Is it going to be down? Is it are we going to have more people working from home? So is the is the rush hour going to look different to the way it was um, or not? Even though we are seeing a lot of um, traffics on the road, you know, is that spread out during the day? Um, so I think it's going to potentially change um, those dynamics slightly. Um, but again, there's still going to be some people that may um, prefer not to go on public transport and obviously, you know, who's a... Uh, new car or potentially start buying one extra car for the family so i think it's going to be um interesting to sort of gauge uh what the the volumes are like i think um how that sits with us um obviously can only be based on you know claims data so we we sort of monitor once it's if you like so (laughs) after the event scenario and then we can make adjustments from there but um i think Long term, um, I think uh, December will be what it will be. And then it's going to be just putting our efforts into starting the new year, hopefully for a better year as well. Okay, great stuff. Well, that leads us nicely on. So let's just run a um, a couple of polls. So uh, there we go. So confidence factor. So how confident are you as a business in managing lockdown 2.0 stroke regional restrictions during Q4 and possibly into Q1 2021? Very confident, confident, uncertain or not confident. Let's just take a little snapshot there. See what the uh, sentiment is across the industry. Again, all voting is anonymous. And whilst we're there, anyone who's tuning in and got any questions or anything that you want to chip in, please use the Q&A panel as we go. We've got plenty to talk about. We know that. But uh, if there's anything really pressing out there. okay. so votes are still coming in. Okay, let's end it there. 
Share those results. Uh, so confident 53%, uh, 35% very confident. That's great news. Uh, uncertain 13%. So you know, probably no surprises there. Good thing is there's nobody who's not confident, which is great. And if we just jump across again, looking ahead, Michael's just touched on it there. Um, as I said, lots still to come between here and 2021. So beyond the immediate challenges, what timelines are people now looking at being the point where the industry settles into a new normal? What that new normal will be is anyone's guess right now, but um, I think all the indicators are we're in this until kind of March, potentially. Um, there's obviously been some good news on vaccines earlier in the week. But when will we start to see the industry settle into what we can class or define as as normal, whatever that normal may be? So just any more votes, getting them in as we go. And we'll end that one there. We'll share the results. So it's a good confidence at Q2 2021, 60%. Um, believe that's when we'll settle into a new norm. Q3, 28%, a little bit longer term, 6%. And again, Q1, 2021, 6%. All right. There's some great stuff there. Right. We have touched upon many, many subjects. Now, one of the things we kind of did just sort of throw out there when we discussed or when we met up earlier, lockdown two seems different. Um, obviously, businesses have been encouraged, or, or if you like, where, where possible to continue, which is a great thing. Um, but from the human side, it feels a little bit different in terms of despite it being shorter, and there kind of being an end date on it. Um, it just seems more of a challenge, a bit fatiguing, if you like. Um, and again, probably tied in with time of year. Um, we said it, you go to work in the dark, you typically come home in the dark, all these things. How are you kind of managing your way through that in terms of motivating personnel and keeping them engaged on the ball, uh, et cetera, and looking ahead to the future? Mark, I'm going to jump across to you in the first instance, if I may. Yeah, well, I think you obviously touched on on quite a few of the, the key bits there. Um, I think everyone is kind of hitting the, uh, the mental wall at the moment. I think for a lot of us, it's... Um, I think everyone's getting a little bit fed up of the uh, restrictions on on the, the the lives, you know, for necessary reasons. And you know, we are finding that is starting to have an impact. You know, um, normally work or home would be a, an escape for the other one. You know, depending on which one you prefer. I know it's different for different people. Um, obviously, from a from a home life, that's been really impacted at the moment for everyone. And I think, I think it's impossible for people not to bring that with them anymore. So I, I think the restrictions on, um, you know, seeing friends and family, being able to, you know, to go out and, and, and do what we want to do um, just doesn't come naturally to us. Um, and so I think it, it is really starting to weigh heavy. And as you said, you know, the, the dark mornings, dark nights, you know, uh, I think in the first lockdown, you know, it was quite nice to, to go out for a walk and everyone was, you know, saying how many steps they were getting in and, you know, all those kind of bits, but it's just not the same when it's lashing down with rain and gale force wind and cold and you, you just don't feel like it. So um, uh, I think we're going to have to be really careful re uh, with with how we manage the, the the human element of our business and, you know, constant communication. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm 
obviously lucky enough to work for a, a regional group. So we have, you know, a, a strong HR team who can focus on the well-being. I've got um, obviously a, a really robust operations team, you know, led, led by Mike. So they're, they're, they're very seasoned and, and can engage with all our managers and can pick up on any wobbles that are, that are happening there as well. So uh, I think a lot of it's just about being aware as well of your co-workers and just seeing, just checking in and making sure everyone's doing okay and then, and then we've got the home workers really who, um, you know, end of March, we said, could you go and work from home? And, you know, I, I was in our Skelmsdale office yesterday and some people have still got pictures of the kids on the desk and stuff and people have, have never been back really. So um, they've never really had time to adjust to that element. And it, it still is all a bit unknown. It was, you know, uh, work from home, then work from home if you, if you can't get to work and then definitely go to work, then you really need to go to work and you should buy coffee on the way uh, and possibly use public transport and then don't use public transport, please work from home. And obviously now it's back to please stay at home. So I think those curveballs that are coming at everyone as well uh, are really starting to um, have an impact. So um, I think it's something we've got to be not only just looking after our balance sheets and, and making sure financially the businesses are in a good place for 2021. It's something I'm very conscious of is, um, you know, with my finance head on, you know, making sure financially we're in a good place for next year. But from a from a human capital point of view and, and making sure our, our team and all our staff members, um, you know, that we don't get into 2021 and everyone's bruised, battered and broken and and run down really and, and how and how we do that really because um it's a fine line as a as empl- as an employer, how how far do you go with the intrusions into how people are but you know I know we've got people who have had to start seeking you know some professional help whether that is counseling or medication just to help with it all and um, it's just getting very very tough for everyone I think I think we're all aware of people who've really struggled with it. So we're around the midway point now and a huge thank you once again to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as to our partners, Aztec, the Green Part Specialists, Indasa, Presco and the Innovation Group. Enjoy the second half of this webinar audio cast. Really interesting points. And, and again, you know, as we move into 2021, when, you know, arguably things start to gear up again, that's when people are going to be called upon even more for their for their skills and input to the business. So it is really a case of, um, yeah, treading that fine line and managing that. Now, Michael, do you have, do you have any, you know, within LV, is there anything you guys are doing specifically different? Um, um yeah, I mean, well, we, we're fortunate. I mean, the we have a very structured and robust uh, mental health and well-being team um, to, to support all our staff, and um, they are, you know, they've been very proactive in, in that area. And I think it's good to hear from Mark about how that type of awareness now is being created in, in within the repair groups and how that's beginning to come to, to light because I think that certainly um, needs um, you know highlighting and uh, many of the staff need that support and I think that you're right it will sort of just carry on I think uh, as we adapt into 2021. Um, for us as a team we um, obviously some of us were already working from home um, but uh, a lot of my team were out every day and and seeing different areas and dare I say you know doing the mileage and and doing the job and it, it's funny how 
for us, we, we've had to adapt. Um, I think what's been good is that we were always able to create those relationships, that good working rela relationship with the repairers um, over those period of years. And I think it's fair to say you can't replicate that over Zoom or, or video conference, that sort of interaction. And I think for us, um, although we've tried to return on our regular monthly reviews and some of our soul site weekly um, engagement that we do, you, you can't replicate that to its original form. So, you know, although we've, we've, we've tried to go back uh, to doing almost like everything we were doing, but within the, the real world, absolutely that you've got to be mindful of how the individuals uh, are, you know, especially you've got people that um, work from home, but they also live on their own as well. So it's sort of, you know, they were actually sometimes seeing that the, the workplace was almost like a, 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 a pathway for social interaction as well. And I believe that, you know, when um, we are through this, I think there is going to be a return to that because I'm, I'm a strong believer that people always attract people. And I think that that will return. But I think more awareness for, um, you know, the well-being of individuals and having that support structure there. Um, great, we've got that within the insurance world, but I think that needs to um, be raised uh, in, a, in, a, in a wider scale within the repair industry and repairers. Very interesting thoughts. Great thoughts as well. Well, thanks for that, Michael. And uh, I know you've been looking after yourself because I keep seeing you on Strava and uh, you're running and cycling. So it's always good to see. Um, Joe, jo, from, from your perspective, obviously, you know, the business developments are underway. Um, uh, you know, the business is picking up from a green parts perspective as well. You know, does all that add to a, a sort of a more buoyant culture and, and how you're sharing that with the with with the team i suppose really and getting them to diversify and do do different things that perhaps um you know they didn't originally sign up for if you like listening to the mark and making sure that they feel valued and i think you know we have people who are working from home and obviously people who are working operationally on the site and they just want to they just want reassurance i think that's that, that, it's a key focus for us here, just to keep reassuring people that we're going on the right path, what we're doing is the right thing, and making making sure that the, the work that they're carrying out, that it, it, it that just doesn't drive benefit into the business, but they actually feel like they're providing a benefit. I mean, biggest question of all, everybody's, back of everybody's mind is, is the redundancy. And we had a small period of that at the beginning, and, and, and that frightens people. And it's, it's a big, big thing. And you've got to discuss it. You've got to discuss it openly with, with, your, with, your, with your employees and their colleagues, their friends. And, and, it's, and I think they, well, they certainly understand that the way we've diversified people's work role, roles within the business is a reason, the rationale behind that. And they understand it and they see the benefit that that's actually bringing them and the reassurance that their jobs are necessarily at risk. Because we don't want to lose good people here. And as no business does, I mean, the cost of retraining people uh, at a later date when you come back to fulfill roles costs money. Same as it costs, costs businesses money to release people from those roles. So for us, it's just keep just keep talking. It's as simple as that, really. Mark is the message here. We, we just keep talking to each other and asking the question, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's been a repeated message to stem from all of this is, um, you know, increased communication, whether it be as simple as picking up the phone, whether it be sat on calls like this uh, in Teams meetings, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I think people have just been, um, 
you know, kind of really up that game somewhat. So that's been a, that's been a great thing and a great benefit to the industry as a whole. Um, Joe, I would just want to kind of come on to you because we, we talked about the uplifting green parts and we've just had a, a, a question come through and it's something we, we kind of touched upon before we went on air. Um, but, you know, green parts, we, we tie it in with kind of, you know, used car values. We tie it in with salvage values, all these kind of things. So they're all interconnected, far too broad for us to go into on this webinar right now. But, you know, again, are these are these for some of the reasons, part, part shortages do we expect? You know, people got half an eye on kind of, you know, Brexit and what that possibly might mean as to why why the green part side of the business is, is picking up so so well. I think at the beginning of the year, it was already started to gain momentum anyway, Mark, in the industry. Uh, but from looking at what repairers are doing at the moment, obviously they're suffering from a lack of volume and they're looking, they're looking to diversify in the way that they repair the vehicles, you know. From our perspective, we're seeing a much, much older range of uh, parts being requested for vehicles, which suggests to us that they're trying to repair more of those vehicles. A vehicle which is a total loss and leaves our uh, leaves our premises isn't isn't a profitable vehicle. They, and from an insurer's perspective, if that's a vehicle that they can uh, repair, and that's that's then a policyholder that they've retained and not lost. And I think because we're not so busy churning through the volume. We're probably looking at every every job much more closely to try and save it, which is where Green Parts obviously lends a hand to to uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I do think you know coming into 2020, it was probably you know kind of working its way up the list in terms of environmental factors and what the industry needs to do as a whole. Um, it's probably got a little bit you know lost in in everything else that's going on, but I do think it's one of those agendas that is. Um, you know, it's going to return in, in the very near future once we start to um, get a bit more clarity in terms of where we're going generally. And um, so it'll be interesting to see. And uh, yeah, great input there, Joe. Thank you very much for that. Um, so we're obviously in, in lockdown 2.0. We learned an awful lot from the first time we went in. Are we learning anything new about this one at all? Michael, can I come across to you on that one? Um, it's the, it feels... Uh, more relaxed uh, in as far as uh, obviously government guidelines so um, how that sort of plays out within the uh, the case of the sort of traffic uh, is, is still going to be uh, I guess uh, will come through over the coming weeks um, I don't um, it, it feels different maybe it's because we are uh, it was expected and we then still compare it to the, um, the, the stage where everything was locked down and it was very strict. And it doesn't feel like that this time. Um, how that plays out in uh, the results and, you know, the 2nd December is, is obviously to be confirmed. And obviously, uh, as, as Mark has said as well, it depends what Boris decides to do after the 2nd December. And if he keeps to his word, obviously that's going to, to, to be massive. Um, I think for us, um, though, we, we've um, we, we've done a lot of work in the, in the last few weeks as well to um, almost try and get a lot of stuff done um, now in almost ready for next year. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, if anything, it, it gave us an opportunity to um, put our focus on, if you like, the 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 to-do list that was more longer term. So, you know, we've done a lot of work around 
things like automated instructions, um, going straight into management systems. We've done rolled out things like live chat as well to our repair network, which uh, I know a lot of our repair networks uh, repairers like because they can get instant responses from our claims handlers on things like policy access and all that. Um, we've done a lot of work around age debt as well, trying to get uh, age debt into a better place, which uh, was a really interesting exercise, uh, not just for a repairer's side, but our own as well, where we could find out that actually we can uh, improve. And obviously, you know, uh, financials is so important um, to all, all repairers. And then obviously we've done things like, you know, uh, we're able to start, introduce the scheme where we can start paying for out-of-tax assessments to help repairers financially there. So all of these things were, for us, always designed as sort of long-term. So it was almost like that that to-do list, uh, let's bring it forward, put a lot of our focus in there. Uh, on the basis that, uh, you know, it will save us uh, a bit of time for next, well, hopefully next year. I'm not sure it will play out like that, but that that, that was the theory. Um, but in conjunction with that, you know, um, in, in the last few weeks, we've obviously continued with a lot of focus uh, on uh, the things like auto raise, which I know Mark is also uh, involved with, um, trying to make sure that uh, we're in place for that to, because there's still a skill going to play out. Um, and we want a good platform for the whole industry to be able to attract young people. Um, and of course, um, you know, we're also still, um, you know, preparing and having discussions around what to do if Brexit and there is a, a lot of what if, um, what's going to play out there. So I think for us internally, um, all we're doing now, um, obviously, is doing what we can for repairers, uh, assisting, helping in various areas just to make sure we sort of ease any kind of financial, you know, uh, restrictions. Great stuff, Michael. Thank you very much. Great update in terms of your activity and, you know, what uh, what you guys at LV are trying to do um, amongst all of this. And you've touched upon a, a key subject. And, and Mark, I'll come across to you on this one, because I know yourself and Mark are both involved in the in the auto race side of things. But from a from a repairer perspective, Mark, I suppose, you know, the question is, how do you amongst all of this going on and you've kind of got your daily dis distraction now, for want of a better term, in terms of juggling staff numbers and, and you know, managing this whole furlough. How do you keep an eye on, you know, the future, if you like? And you, you guys are obviously, you know, you've opened up new sites during this whole during this year. You've got new sites under development. How do you keep an eye on everything and staff coming in, apprentices for next year, technology, all these bits and pieces? I panic face because maybe I'm not now. Now, no. Um, I suppose one of the um, one of the key areas for me is obviously having a really strong team around me. Really allows people to 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 focus with great detail in in specific areas rather than every, you know a small group of people trying to have to worry about everything. Um, you know, so from a from a training point of view, we were we were lucky to bring a technical trainer in. It was on the first of April, so you know that's someone who can really focus on our on our multi skill apprentices. That you know uh, is obviously working well. Um, you know, uh, from from that perspective, you know, we managed to get two uh, silvers in uh, you know the the skills contest, which is great considering, you know, these guys are multi-skilled. So uh, they're doing all three disciplines, but have, have got silver in, in one particular area. So, you know, having people who can focus on those bits uh, on their dedicated areas is key. You know, I've got a, a strong finance director and finance department, which allows me to 
uh, you know, relax a little bit that I get a, a heads up and a warning sign around around those bits as well. Um, uh, and then with the growth perspective, I, I suppose it's um, it's trying to be careful. Obviously, we we I think even from the surveys you've just done, there's obviously a, a confidence in the market, and I still don't feel that we've we felt the main recessionary impacts of uh, of coronavirus. Obviously. When uh, we we first started talking before coronavirus, we were all talking about the Brexit impacts uh, on on the economy next year, and that's still going to be there. Obviously, the unemployment figures and the forecast coming out of the Bank of England were so grim that they put 150 billion immediately in, uh, and we extended furlough till March. So I think that's an inkling of um, you know unemployment figures have increased to like 4.8, and forecast to go to seven point something. So uh, I think we have to have an eye on the fact that uh, here we go, accountant being doom and gloom again. But we 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 probably aren't feeling the the downside to the extent uh, from the recessionary bits yet. So I think we've still got that element. Um, and the main bit uh, for us is just making sure we keep one eye on on that, not getting too carried away whilst. Um, you know, being confident in our plan, really, and making sure that for me as the managing director, I've got a strong team to deliver that. You know, for us, the growth almost operates as a as a separate business entity, so we we can keep that. You know, I think we spoke way back in April. We'd flipped our our kind of growth team into our uh, COVID team, and and we flipped it back. So that has allowed us to um, you know put the right resource in the right areas at the at the right time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and I think that, you know, breaking it up into those respective components, um, you know, certainly helps, as you say, I think you might, your, your head would blow off wouldn't it, if you were trying to think about everything all of this time. And, uh, you know, again, realistic in terms of what you've said there, um, you know, maybe it is the, the doom and gloom accountant type uh, mindset. But um, again, there's, you know, there is still lots of impact, I'm sure, to come from this. And we've all alluded to Brexit. Who actually knows what the impact ultimately of, of that will be pending, you know, whatever deal we uh, we enter into. So, yeah, lots coming at us. Now, now Joe, I'll come across to you. Um, so, you know, we, we're kind of as an industry, we're, we're reshuffling, we're reshaping. There's some big movers and shakers out there in the body shop world. There's lots of regional groups making additions, adding shops on. There's different size, shapes, types of repairers out there. The whole thing is kind of a, a moving entity really at the moment um and i think it's going to you know that's uh, probably a reflection uh it's not a um a result of covid but it's but it's certainly i suppose been accelerated because of that in your world and again we've talked about green parts obviously but you know give us a bit of context in terms of salvage green parts how is that likely to sort of shape up in the near future 2021 perhaps longer term where do you see it all moving Question. It's probably the hardest question you could throw at me because of all the all the all the variables that exist out there. I mean, from our perspective, we're just pushing up. We're just pushing ahead as hard and as fast as we can. Uh, we're hoping volumes will increase. Winter's a period of feast for the salvage industry. We expect to be busy, and we're not. And therefore, we're we're just we're, we're literally just putting all of our resources into our green parts platform. We're moving moving into it becoming very much an IT oriented driven business with, uh, with parts literally on the shelf to send their dispatch. So our whole focus is looking less at the salvage that comes in as opposed to the parts that we can harvest from the vehicles to get them out the door. And that's 
that's where we see our, our upside as a business being as we move into next year. Uh, I don't believe volume, salvage volumes will increase tremendously in the first quarter of next year. And therefore, it's back to our diversification work and our business have to find an angle to make us more profitable and uh, more appealable to uh, to repairers and insurers out there. And that is our green parts uh, strategy, which which we're, we're moving ahead with quite fastly now. And is there a, is there a specific target audience that you, you're aimed at that the, the green part specialist is, is specifically you know interested in engaging with is it you know the smaller repairs the independence is it the groups is it the nationals is it insurers you know where does it where does it sit it's a platform for everybody mark it's an online platform where everybody cannot put, put place orders for their parts and receive exa- virtually exactly the same levels of service obviously those those insurers who are, who are who are most keen suppliers with the vehicles, which gives us a, an ability to supply more parts to them, and that's the, that's the angle that we take as a business. You know, those who support us, we'll support them further. Uh, but for from a repairer's perspective, it doesn't, it's irrelevant the size of the repair. It's the the level of service that we offer is consistent across the board, which is next day delivery for every part that is ordered uh, on our platform. Prior to COVID, at the moment, it's forty eight hours, but uh, a big push for next year as we move into Q1 is to actually get back to our next day delivery service. Exciting times ahead. Exciting. I'd look forward to seeing how that all develops. Now, Michael, uh, I jump across to you. Um, so, as I said, you know, there, there's lots of movers and shakers in the industry recently, you know, nationwide be, being the biggest one. We've touched upon it on recent weeks and webinars, seeing a lot of the regional groups develop, grow, uh, take on board new sites. So we're seeing a lot of movement at the moment um, within the market. But, you know, what sort of impact does that have on you? You've obviously got your solar site, so you're kind of, you know, taken care of in one essence there. You've got your network, which is which is great. But does all this thing, all this type of movement disrupt, uh, you know, an insurer, so to speak? Um, we've probably been quite fortunate in as far as we were preparing um, obviously right at the start to uh, engage with uh, a lot of our repairers almost like uh, on a daily basis really uh, regarding volumes and there has been a lot of changes but I think for what we've been able to do as, as a priority for us um, we've sort of looked after both our soul sites and our general network and we've been able to do that uh, almost like jointly without sort of too much disruption so where there has been that impact with the likes of nationwide we've been able to sort of um re-divert um and we've been very um fortunate because of the support that we've had uh by a number of our sites uh that you know continue to open up all the way through and then as other sites have uh reopened again whether that's sort of in the, the april the may months we've been able to uh Sort of adjust the network accordingly so that the, the volumes are coming back um, as much and I think it's it's been good so although overall we are probably slightly down on overall repairers uh, than where we had maybe at the start obviously the numbers have come down so we've been able to sort of reallocate and, and sort of utilize um, the current relationships that we have to, to good effect and you know, I think that uh, supports uh, in some of our figures as well, which we're really pleased with. So, you know, uh, I think for us, we'll continue on that model as well um, and support our existing partners. Great stuff. Great stuff. Right. We're coming very close to the end. Goodness, mate, we could talk for ages. We've got so much more ground to cover. Um, 
a quick whistle round then. Uh, so Mark Q4, the remainder, where are we? Goodness me, I'm going to make a bold statement and say what, we're six weeks, seven weeks away from, <clears throat> not even going to say the word, um, but uh, until we potentially all have a day off or two. Um, what's your kind of, where your sights set for those, for those remaining few weeks of, uh, of 2020? Uh, I think the main one is um, looking after staff wellbeing and staff welfare, really, just trying to keep an eye on on everyone, make sure everyone's okay, uh, continue to give consistent performance. Uh, I think we've noticed a change in consumer behaviour that a little less forgiving than maybe they were in the, the first lockdown. So um, I don't think there's going to be a, any any relaxing of expectation from from drivers so um you know continue to focus on on the basics really you know good csi you know good key to key cost control uh, and an eye to our, our staff welfare and and then continually just trying to engage uh w- with our customer base you know cash flow still remains deadly important to everyone so you know those that are paying very quickly uh it's a it's a massive godsend and and those that aren't probably need to look at it because i think that is the game changer really uh it's been the big differentiator for us so um you know a focus on that really for us great stuff thank you very much indeed mark joe over to you it's just the remainder of q4 the remainder of 2020 the, on, the online office Christmas party, I think, Mark. <laughs> we're, all, we're, all, we're, all, we're all missing uh, the social engagement, and it's a big part of, uh, of what, we, what we do here at Hills. Uh, so that's definitely, from my perspective, a, a small area of focus in terms of the staff, really, and uh, making sure that, we, although it's been, a t- it's, been a, it's been a tough year, but let's, uh, let's, let's try and make it a, a memorable, one, memorable one towards the end. And... Uh, make people feel as though we're, we're, we're coming out of this. Let's, you know, let's not, we're not, the time has passed quickly and we've learned a lot from it and it's taking those learnings, applying those, applying those across, across the business and having a plan in place that should the worst happen, we don't move at the, the, uh, the rate that we hope that we've learned from this and that it doesn't affect us too, uh, too negatively moving into 2021. Look forward to reports of that uh, Christmas uh, party. And uh, I think we've, we've talked about all the learnings in, in recent months. And, you know, to think that we are going to carry all these things through and have in our armory for, you know, another day, um, another situation is is, is great. And uh, I think the industry is really sort of, you know, banded together in that sense. Michael, from your perspective, again, you know, the remaining few weeks of 2020, um, you know, where are the sites set? Um, it's again uh, planning 2021. I think to say we're going to continue with that uh, constant focus of how we can assist and support our network um, and what we can do further um, help them. So it's constant engagement continued. It's obviously disappointing that uh, yeah the, the the Christmas parties and the other industry events can't take place, but. I think for me, um, it's all about let's look forward to 2021. Let's be optimistic about it. Um, we will all get together again at some stage. Um, and for myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a great team um, that uh, interact with all, all our repairs on a regular basis. And uh, for us, it's uh, probably, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, almost like, although under the circumstances, I won't say celebrating 2020, but... Uh, you know, we, we've been able to get through it. And uh, I think that that's a, sort of evidence of, 
you know how how good uh, the team works together, but also uh, you know the whole network and the industry as a whole. Yeah, definitely, and a lovely way to round off there. So, uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us today, everybody who's tuned in. Uh, thank you, obviously, to Mark, Joe, and Michael for joining us today. Um, more to come from us. So, week beginning the twenty third of November, we have a, a week of various uh, sessions, conference sessions online, uh, two a day. Uh, so, on the Monday, the Wednesday, and the Friday, they're all uh, the information is available on the arc360.co.uk website. So take a look there, make sure you're booked on. And then I think we're through to one more webinar for the remainder of the year. Goodness me. I can see some lovely messages coming in there on the uh, chat. So please do keep them coming in. Huge thank you, as always, to our uh, corporate partners and our partners, uh, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners, Aztec, the Green Park Specialists, who you've just heard from there, Indasa, New Kids on the Block, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. This has been the ARC360 webinar. Thank you very much for joining us, and take care, everybody. We'll see you all again soon. Thank Cheers, you. guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there we have it. Some great discussion, uh, open, honest, and very candid from Michael, Joe, and Mark. Thank you very much uh, to you guys for your time. And a huge thank you, obviously, to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as to our partners, Aztec, the Green Park Specialists, Indasa, New Kids on the Block, Prasco, and the Innovation Group. This has been the ARC360 webinar audio cast. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we very much look forward to catching up with you again soon. Take care, everybody.